0: This is Rob Savage, the Director of Host, and you're listening to The Horror Squad Podcast.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Horror Squad Podcast, episode number 224, where tonight we are going to be reviewing 2022's The Cellar, which is currently streaming over on Shudder, the new Alicia Kuthbert movie, who's playing a mom now, instead of the hot girl next door. So we'll be discussing that later. Uh, But for now, um, no Todd again this week. He is still busy, uh, you know, with his new job and getting his move on and whatnot. But uh, we missed him, and I think he'll be back next week. But uh, filling in for Todd this week is mondo who you guys might know from the let's xp gaming podcast who i actually was just on last week to cover dick tracy um so uh, if you want to hear all of our thoughts on dick tracy which is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time go and check that out but hey mondo thanks so much for joining us how you doing i'm doing good thanks for having me it's kind of weird being on the other side not
0: having to prep so much (laughs) <laughs> and let's be honest Todd just being a bitch churning butter and whittling and uh, trying to trying to get that going so but thanks <laughs> thanks for letting me be here it's a special privilege
2: I, you're the first
0: ever guest that's uh, like non-celebrity oh,
2: guest we've ever had since we became Gosh. the horror squad
0: oh shit uh, now you set the bar
2: way too high that's <laughs> <laughs> oh shit so we uh, brought in the one guy
0: who probably can't finish a horror movie because he's too scared no I did no no I absolutely did this time I made sure I I promise to be better than your worst interview, so I don't remember (laughs) who that was.
2: Yeah, so I I just want to ask you a few questions. You know, maybe uh, our audience don't know who you are, uh, but they should, because if they should listen to the Let's XP uh, Geek and Gaming podcast as well, but in case they don't, just a little bit of your horror history. So let's start with an easy one. What's your favorite horror film of all time?
0: Oh shit, I want to just say Blair Witch just to give Joe a boner. Yeah, Blair Witch uh, is definitely one of those movies that I grew up with, just like he did. Um, I'm probably going to get hate for this one, but I love the Paranormal Activity movies. I um, was a teenager when those came out, and those were pretty good. Not all of them, but they were good, and uh, obviously Conjuring, the first two, fuck the third one. I don't know what the hell they thought with that one, um, but I'm kind of everywhere. I am honestly was more like of a mainstream watch, like what's popular and big. I mean, it wasn't until the last couple of years when you guys actually started launching the show that I started catching up with all the good gems that were out there, like all those Giallo films and everything. So.
2: Awesome. Uh, what would you say is your favorite subgenre of horror if you had to pick just one?
0: Um, I don't know, dude. I honestly like just about everything other than I guess I don't like the silent ones, but those are way few far and in between. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't really have a favorite, man. I like just about every damn thing I've watched. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I personally like silent ones. I think there's something creepy. There's like something just inertly creepy about silent ones. Like Nosferatu was fucking creepy. <laughs> if ever you're going to watch one, uh, I recommend that one for sure. It's just um,
0: unfortunate because we live in the age of uh, technology. So like a silent film will easily get me distracted to go on my phone and check Twitter a thousand times. So,
2: Right. yeah. Yeah, that, that's a big problem, I think, with... Modern movie uh, fans is like because your phone is always there. You tend to stop paying attention. If you the attention is like even slightly gone, you'll start going to your phone. So I've been trying to make a point not to touch my phone while I'm, you it's know. It's too hard. Trying. It's difficult. Yeah, <laughs> <Like it's laughs> for sure. What What are some of your favorite horror series? Uh, you mentioned Paranormal Activity, the Conjuring. Uh, what about some of the classics? What's your favorite like slashers out of the big? Oh
0: man, the first one that I remember. Was uh, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I think I probably watched that a bunch of times. Probably lost a lot of sleep as a kid. I love them, but as as they progressed with however many there are now, like a million, it seems. Um, when when Freddy went from that crazy sadistic killer in the first one to like comedy, that that kind of took it away from me. Uh, Voorhees obviously is a, a, a easy one to go to, but I'd probably say out of those two, out of mentioning those two, the biggest one I watched a lot was Child's Play, Chucky. I watched a lot of Child's Play uh, growing up. I don't know what it was about it. Maybe because I could never figure out how such a little doll was overpowering and killing so many people all the time. But yeah, Child's Play was definitely one that I watched a fair amount of time.
2: Definitely a good one. What about your favorite decade of horror? Now, that's something we're all divided on in the Horror Squad. I think me and Todd are more 70s. I think Joe's more in the 80s. Sam was in the
0: 90s. What about you? What's your favorite decade of horror? Yeah, I actually just finished listening to your guys' last episode where you got your 80s uh, thing coming up. I mean, that is hard. I don't know how you guys are going to do it because, um, like I said, I started off with a lot of mainstream stuff. And now that I'm older and I can kind of focus more on things that I've missed, like Hidden Gems. I don't know, man, I, those Giallo films have got me. I don't. I know they're not like necessarily horror horror, um, but there's something about it um, that I like watching. They're so like cheesy but good. Um, 80s, 80s. Ah, oh, fuck. Everything's in the 80s. You guys were debating aliens on the last episode. Aliens is horror. Just put it in there because I want to hear your guys' take. Um, but I'd say probably for me, it's it's 80s easily. Nice.
2: Yeah, this is gonna be a real tough episode. And uh, my last one here. What are some of your horror collectibles? I know you're big into the Alien franchise and Predator. Oh, yeah. So what kind of stuff do you collect?
0: Oh, man. Uh, for those who don't know already, um, I know a couple of listeners, Chuck, mm-hmm. uh, Job, Ryan, um, Asa, a bunch of people. They, they've seen some of the things I have from let XP. But, man, I've got hundreds over a hundred alien predator figures from NECA um I don't know how my wife let me get away with buying all those most of them I did sneak though um but I have got a bunch of those and some of my prize possession I think Joe mentioned this on the last show I have the NECA figure of Bishop cut in half signed by Lance Hendrickson himself uh there was also a a, another figure was like just Bishop himself that I got signed by Lance Todd got that for me Um, but then I've got other things too I've got signed autograph from Tony Todd met him in person he's a fucking giant the gentleman who I forget what his name is, who played Bagul in Sinister. He, uh, I got his autograph. The lady in black, who's really a dude, I got his autograph. And, and a couple others like Casper Van Deen from Starship Troopers. So, as far as like autographs and stuff, I don't have too many, but like collectibles, fuck. I'd have to, you guys have seen some of it, but I've got a ton of Alien versus better, man. Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on that damn wall. It's
2: certainly impressive um yeah and if you want to see it uh at jedi mind 1207 you've posted pictures i believe on social media right oh yeah
0: yeah on instagram i am private though um you'll find me on twitter though if you want to see it um you know i'll definitely share it with you also we have our discord for let's xp geeking gaming podcast where we we post some of that stuff up there too but yeah i've got a lot of shit and sadly it's starting to come down because daughter's taking over the man cave so i'm having to find ways to relocate everything so for sure, Joe. You got anything for Mondo before we go to general questions?
1: I think you covered everything I wanted to know. So, <laughs> all
2: right. Uh, before we go into questions, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who came by for the, uh, including Mondo, who came by for our monthly uh, review uh, hangout that we did over uh, with the Discord people. It was a lot of fun. We discussed the Veloso Pastor, which, greatest movie ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a single person that was there. Uh, enjoyed it so still looking for that person to tell me uh, what they liked about it because yeah it was it was a pretty straight half star out of five (laughs) across the board uh, with our listeners anyway so but thank you everyone and next month we're gonna do it again we're gonna start the voting process maybe in the next week or so so if you want to get in all that just uh, join us on the discord and you can do that
1: are you Um, guys doing a theme again
2: yeah. Yeah. There'll be a theme. Uh, I have a theme. Let's just find it here. So the theme this month is going to be underrated gems. Um, okay. So we're just going to let people pick some movies and then we're going to vote on it uh, in about a week or so. And that'll be what we review next. Um, all right. So as far as questions, you can ask those questions on social media at the horror squad podcast, or like I said, on the discord, which you could just send them us, any of us a message or our main page, And we will send you the link to that. It's absolutely free. So the first question comes to us from Chuck. He did send in some uh, audio questions, but he did write in one as well. He asks,
0: for Mondo, were you able to finish the (laughs) seller? Yes, I did finish the seller. For those of you who don't know on Let's XP Geek and Gaming, we had a monthly review for a video game, Resident Evil 7. And I bitched out because that game is fucking terrifying. And I was honest about it. And we're like six months, a year later. And I still haven't heard the end of it, but nothing but love. Yes, I did finish this one, Chuck. I promise. Beginning to end. Even credits. Oh, wow. Even credits. Impressive. <laughs> was um, there
1: anything at the end? Absolutely <laughs> <are> the not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, but, but Chuck also sent
2: us some audio questions. So Chuck, what are your audio questions this week? Hey, horse Squad. Chuck here with a few questions. First question is Have you had any really good or really bad experiences with a vendor at a
1: uh, a horror con? That's a good question. Um, so i've always said this you know this i've never really i can't think of any like really bad experiences like you know usually i'll just ask a price and if i don't like it i'll just kind of move on but i found on sundays that is the best day you can go and barter with the vendors if you want you know so that is definitely a piece of advice i can give usually they won't give you deals on friday and saturdays but if you go on a sunday you can definitely get stuff for cheaper um so that's the best advice I can give. But as far as like good or bad, ex- I guess that's a good experience that you can barter with them. So yeah.
2: What about you Mondo. Do you go to conventions much and have experience with vendors?
0: Um, it's been a while since I've gone out to one. Um, I've gone, the last one I went to was definitely Monster Palooza with Todd. And that was years ago now. Um, but from those conventions, it's not really an issue with the vendors, nothing negative. It's just between paying for the autographs which can get pretty pricey. And then going to a vendor and seeing some cool artwork. I mean, you've got to understand they're trying to make a living, but sometimes those prices are a little ridiculous themselves. Um, so I just, it's hard to walk away from something that's really cool because you don't want to drop an extra $60 on it. But as far as negative experiences, no, everyone's been pretty cool um, that I've come across at conventions in the past.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm about the same way. So I don't buy a ton of stuff like at, uh, conventions, I like, uh, regular collectibles and stuff. I tend to go more into the art, like the unique artists, uh, and the stuff that's like kind of Etsy type stuff, because this is really the only visibility I get to some of those people. And those are typically always super nice people because obviously they're trying to sell their stuff and they're not attached to some giant chain. So this is really kind of their bread and butter. So they're overly nice. You know, I've talked about in the past that, uh, I bought like stuff from Revenant FX quite a few times, like uh, these gnome statues and they're like the nicest people ever. And that's been generally my experience. Now with vendors themselves, when I do go to them, they tend to be almost like flea market or uh, swap meets, I think is what you call them in the U.S. Uh, type people. So they're more aggressive and they, they have like less patience and they're not as like friendly, I guess you can say. Um, so maybe that would be the most negative that i've had is just people were a little too i don't know stern for whatever reason uh but I, like i said i stay away from those and i just really appreciate the indie artist uh, sometimes it's awkward though you know you stand at the table and they stare at you and you stare back and there's like no words being exchanged and you're you don't know who's gonna open that happens a lot you know uh, some of those people are pretty socially awkward i'm sometimes socially awkward too and i get into awkward situations so that too but uh yeah uh, that's probably as the
0: extent of it for me you guys ever run into like holy grail pieces or toys or anything at cons and you're like fuck i cannot buy it because it's like way out of my
1: price limit you ever have that happen to you oh yeah quite a lot honestly uh yeah, it's it's tough, and well, you 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 you're really gonna do your homework too. Like if you see something, you know, I always tend to walk away and you know get on my phone and Google it and look on eBay and stuff like that and make sure I'm getting a good deal. Um, so definitely, yeah, especially at cons, like they do tend to jack the prices up at cons, you know, because they know they can kind of take advantage of you know the horror fans and whatnot. Um, so definitely do your due diligence with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did so there's a jack torrance figure which i didn't end up getting actually (laughs) later on down the road at ebay but i i I saw one at a con and i just didn't have the cash at the time but i was like and it took me like three years to find one again and i was like oh man like because that thing is rare to find like they don't come up very much anymore on ebay there was a chinese manufacturer that was selling a bootleg version of it um for a while and then it got pulled off ebay but um that is an amazing figure. Uh, and then the, one big score I did get was uh, the 18-inch leather face figure at a con, which has like become pretty rare these days. And I got it on a Sunday for like a really good deal. I, I bartered with the guy. I talked him down like 100 bucks because he just didn't want to bring a bag with him. So, so you uh, still paid was, $900 for it? <laughs> no, I, I think I only paid like 150 bucks or something like that. And I think nowadays, Shit. like in box too oh i want to say that's good i want to i want to say like nowadays that thing goes for well over like five six hundred dollars easily yeah
2: yeah it's it's similar things with me like i've looked at stuff and like for example there was a pennywise uh, figure that was pretty cool and this is before the it remake came out so there weren't a lot of pennywise things at the time and I i was interested in that just to have some kind of pennywise representation i mean little did i know it would be like fucking everywhere but uh Uh, I look, I pick it up, I show him, you know, it's among like a bunch, like almost like a fucking hoarder's like, you know, stack of shit. So I I show it to him. He's like, yeah, that's uh, 800. Oh, shit. What? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's 800. I can maybe go for 750. And I just put Something it back up like, like, yeah, thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for playing, you know, no fucking
0: way. And then you tell them you have no cash and they pull out their little card reader and they're like, no, oh my no God. problem, I'll take credit. You're like, nah, shit, no.
2: My, my, my favorite one, I don't know if it's, it must be the same thing with you guys. So their credit machines don't like work because there are too many people like using their phones around. So they have yeah. these gigantic poles that they try to like bring <laughs> up to the ceiling. I don't know if they do that with you guys, but it's- the- I've never oh, had that, no. Oh yeah, it's like the funniest thing. I've never seen thing. that, <laughs> It's like a 10 foot pole that they're holding <laughs> their heads trying to oh, get shit. Their reception on their machine um Damn. yeah it's a, it's a good time but yeah it's it's crazy sometimes some of the prices it's you uh, know the problem the problem with cons that i i've seen is that a lot of the people who are selling stuff know what they're selling so you'll right. rarely get a really good deal it's not like when you go to a flea market or a swap meet or a garage sale where people might not know what it is uh that's where you can get good deals uh, or like even ebay and stuff like that but at cons, it's, it's rare that I've seen something that I'm like, that's a really good deal.
0: Right. Yeah, you know those uh, NECA figures, totally off topic, but those NECA old horror figures that are coming out, Frankenstein, yep. and those are fucking dope. I almost bought them, but I have too much shit. I'm like, I can't do it.
2: <laughs> it's uh, the, the, the problem we all face. <laughs> uh, all right, Chuck, what is your next question? Second question. Would you rather eat the stuff or... Soylent Green.
0: Neither. Ah, <laughs> fuck. uh,
1: you're fucked. You're fucked either way. <laughs> fuck it. I'll just eat the stuff. Fuck it. Yeah, probably the probably the stuff because they really seem to enjoy that. So, I'll go with that. <laughs> I
2: was gonna say, at least you're gonna have like a few minutes of
1: enjoyment, you know? Right. <laughs> so, Soylent
2: Green is gross. So that that's probably the best answer. I love that movie. The stuff it it's one that's really grown on me over the last few years. So definitely a good one. And uh, finally, the last, uh, it's not a question, it's actually an announcement that Chuck wanted to make on our podcast. Uh, or I thought it was Chuck, but it's actually Teddy. And last but certainly not least, there is an announcement. And I'm going to pass the, the phone to somebody else who's going to give you all this announcement.
1: Hey, Horror Squad Podcast. This is me. How's it going on the Spool Pod? <laughs> I have an announcement. I have a new favorite.
2: Steve. Bye. Girl Squad Podcast. Oh. So thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you, Teddy. I, nice. I am honored and I appreciate your support. Uh, I mean, maybe I have been pushing and had a huge campaign to get this <laughs> accomplished. But uh, <laughs> still, t-
0: Teddy's the man, you know, so...
2: I appreciate hey, it. Again.
0: Hey, Teddy, I look like your dad,
1: so I'll take the uh, best host on the other show. Okay, <laughs>
0: I'll
2: fight you for it. <laughs>
1: Teddy, I just want to say, Teddy, if you want to change your mind, I just—I always thought you were a very uh, handsome kid and a uh, very smart and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you pick me as your favorite, I might have a, a horror collectible to send you. Just saying. So.
0: And he's saying this in front of his white van with dark windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Too little, too late there, uh, Joe. (laughs) So
2: uh, thank you everyone for the questions. We could not do this segment without you. And now a word
1: from our sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating; It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly use the front door oh they're so disgusting all righty gents well steve thanks for those questions and for everyone um teddy still love you even though you pick steve all right uh <laughs> so gentlemen what have you been watching this week who wants to start us off how about how about our guest tonight mondo oh damn okay i'll take it uh
0: so this first movie that i watched it actually came out in 2021 i remember having the conversation with steve through messaging um the movie is werewolves within and my conversation with him is i haven't seen this movie but i bet you i know who the werewolf is and he lied to me he said it wasn't it turns out that my hottie uh milana by was the uh, wolf so uh you guys know about this movie i'll read it real quick on on Letterbox, but when a proposed pipeline creates hostilities between residents of a small town, a newly arrived forest ranger must keep the peace after a snowstorm confines confines the townspeople to an old lodge. But when a mysterious creature begins terrorizing the group, their worst tendencies and prejudice rise to the surface and it's up to a ranger to keep the residents alive, both from each other and the monster that plagues them. I like this movie a lot. It, it had like that perfect blend of like uh, comedy that I didn't think it was gonna like, I thought it was just be like goofy comedy, like Veloso Pastor, but it turns out it was like, you know, fuck you, fuck this, and a hot girl in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you can never go wrong. I didn't like the ending though, um, because once they find out that she was the werewolf this entire time, it just kind of like abruptly ends. Like you had this whole buildup going, um, and then they just kind of like kill her in a real dumb way. But that's Werewolves Within. I liked it. Gave it about three
1: stars on Letterbox. Uh yeah. So uh, my first watch is you know not horror related but it's in the vein um so i went and saw the northman in theaters which is robert eggers oh, newest yeah. movie so yeah horror fans might know robert eggers of course from doing the witch which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time now and he also did the lighthouse which i really enjoyed as well so i was super excited to go check out the northman which uh the basic plot synopsis i mean really it is a basic plot pretty much it is a a nordic you know, Viking revenge tale. Um, and really like, it's very simplistic. Like it's, you know, about a guy who is, you know, I I don't, I won't get too spoiler, but basically he's betrayed. Like his family's betrayed and he goes, he sets out on a quest basically to seek revenge. Uh, and that's, you know, your basic plot. Um, man, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this one. I mean, if, if you were into, game of thrones you know fantasy stuff like that i mean i don't see how you could not like not like this movie like it it's like right up that alley um the cinematography is like amazing and then like uh, 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 eggers filmmaking in this just like really really stands out um the acting top-notch skarsgård does a great job is our main character, um, who fucking got jacked for this movie. Like, I don't know what his workout regimen was, but holy shit, the dude is fucking jacked. Is all hell in this movie. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is our other lead in this. Um, it's it's kind of interesting actually because like, the movie is told in five or six chapters, so you have like different main characters. So, like the first chapter um you know you follow this king played by ethan Hawke, who actually does like a really good job as well in here you got willem dafoe in here too i mean it's a great cast you had nicole kidman who plays uh the queen uh so yeah i mean a, a lot of interesting uh cast choices here and they all work great together and it's violent as hell uh for sure uh it, it might not be what everyone's expecting though it's not like a complete like Bloodbath, uh, like a th- like a la, like a 300 where you have like a million battle scenes. It's not. You have a few battle scenes, but it's really more about this story of uh, Scarsgard basically and like you follow him through a lot of it. Uh, our main villain too, horror fans might know because he played, uh, our main villain, uh, he played Dracula in the Netflix series that we actually covered on this show a couple years, a year or two back. Um, And he does great, too. So, I mean, I loved it. I gave it four and a half out of five stars on Letterboxd. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year I've watched so far. Um, So, yeah, I definitely highly recommend it.
2: Nice. Um, So my first one is a movie that Joe has been recommending for a long time. And I finally sat down to check it out. It is 2011, The Skin I Live In, which I watched over on Shudder. I knew nothing about this film going in other than... Joe recommends it, it stars Antonio Banderas, and it's a Spanish film. That's all I knew about this film going in, and honestly, that's all I'm going to tell you, because uh, you sh- I don't want you to know anything about this film if you're going to go in, because holy shit, it is an experience of a movie. Uh, it's completely unexpected. The twists and turns in this movie, like, we're constantly dropping my jaw, just absolutely insane, the uh, things that they do in this movie. And I really love that about it. Um, it's super well acted. And holy shit, I just, can't- I couldn't with the twist. It was like just- they just kept coming. And every time I thought I knew where this film was going, it fucking just goes a completely different way. And it zigs and zags up, up until a really satisfying and really interesting conclusion. Um, yeah, I-, I can't recommend this enough. My only uh, com- gripes, I guess, about it, is uh, a it's a bit too long like it's a it has a two hour runtime and i felt it a little bit especially towards the middle and also the movie goes back and forth in time so they don't tell a linear story and that was sometimes confusing and especially because of some of the characters they kind of look like each other um and i was confused as to who i was seeing and why and that kind of confused me at times but it does eventually all come together, and once I understood what the movie was really about, uh, my mind was blown. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. So that's the skin I live in over
0: on Shudder. Yeah, you piqued my interest when you guys talked about that one. Now I, I think I gotta watch that sometime this it's week. W-
1: it's a wild one, and I agree with Steve. Don't look up anything, because if you go in knowing the twist or if you know like Ruins anything, it will it, it, ruin your experience. Yeah, definitely go in as blind as you can mm-hmm. with that one. Alright,
0: so for my next one, this is a 2020 movie directed by David Bruckner. It is called The Night House, which I think you guys talked about, possibly even reviewed in the past. Um, so this stars Rebecca Hall. She's a widow. She recently lost her husband to suicide. You know, she's dealing with all the, all the shit associated with losing a loved one, the depression and everything, and weird shit starts happening around the house. You know, she starts trying to figure out what the hell, like, why she's seeing things, why she's waking up in different places, or whatnot. I don't know. You guys did review this, right? Can I spoil the shit out of it? No, if guys- not,
2: not, not as a feature. Um, okay, we just talked about the year-end
1: show because it was on our yeah top it made, 10 list. Made, made a lot of our. I think it might have made all of our lists. Okay, okay. yeah, all of them.
0: No. Yeah, this, this movie is really good. I, I didn't see it um, when you guys uh, talked about it last. I never looked it up. It just happened to pop up on HBO Max. And I heard so many good things about it, but this movie is really good. Um, you know, I don't, for those who haven't seen it, um, I don't want to spoil it for you, but weird shit happens. Um, they use cinematography in this fucking movie spectacularly, where you start seeing like silhouettes of what is her husband or whatever it is in the house. Like the way that they incorporate it is so mind blowing. I mean, You'll have a scene where she's walking by a window, and you see like the silhouette that's made up of different angles of like the cabinet, the hallway, and stuff that all equates to this male silhouette. And and then the ending was just fucking nuts. Um, I, I didn't see that coming. It was a little it was a little uh, dragged a little bit um, at the end, but it paid off really well. And it had a uh, the chick from the movie *Nymphomaniac*. If you've never seen it, uh, was in it. So i um, highly recommend it. The Nighthouse. Um, It's definitely worth the watch and it's on HBO max right now.
1: Uh, All right. I got one more tonight. Uh, It is a 2022 release. This one um, just released recently on uh, VOD, same as theaters. So it's an expensive buy right now at $19.99, but I'm sure it'll be hitting for a cheaper price very soon. Um, But I really, really wanted to see this one um, because I had heard a lot of buzz about it and it is called uh, you won't be alone. Uh, This is a foreign Horror film, um, it takes place in 19th century Macedonia uh, in Eastern Europe. Uh, and yeah, so this one is, uh, it's a witchy movie, which is what piqued my interest uh, immediately. Because you know me, I love my witch movies. Uh, and this one is unique. Uh, so basic plot synopsis is, um, we start off uh, in the village and a witch comes to visit the um, She basically like breaks. She just like appears in this house um, and is holding this woman's baby. And the woman's like, please don't take my child. You know, she's just a a baby. She said, you know what? Let's make a deal. Um, When she turns 16, you can have her. Um, Let me just raise her until then. So the witch um, ends up marking the baby and leaves. uh, And the mother immediately takes um, this baby to a I guess like a, a, what would have been like a temple back then, but basically it's like, there's like almost like a, like a rock formation, like a, some sort of like rock enclosure, you know, where she basically just stores her in this like mountainous atmosphere uh, for her entire life for those 16 years. Um, she, you know, brings her in food every day, keep kept her completely isolated. Well, it didn't work because 16 years later, this, the witch shows up, um, murders the mother and takes, um, this child and she basically raises her and shows her how to be a witch um, from there the girl um, you know she you know, something happens with the witch and she branches off by herself and um, she starts living life and discovering um, you know what life is about and whatnot um, but what she ends up doing is she becomes fascinated with people and uh, one day she accidentally kills one of them and assumes their body, basically. She can, you know, shapeshift into their bodies, and she becomes fascinated with that and kind of obsessed with that, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, super unique concept, and it worked, man. It worked really, really well. Uh, I will say this movie is going to be hated by a lot of people, and it, but it will be loved by a lot of people, too. Um, Very, like, A24-esque type movie, very art housey. Um, but man, I was blown away. I really was. I was fucking blown away by this movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, it just like for the uniqueness alone, but also um, just like really, really well acted. Um, the, the main witch, not the main witch, but like the witch who ends up taking her uh, in the beginning is fucking like really creepy and great, kind of like a Freddy Krueger look. She's like kind of burned and stuff. So it's like a really cool um, look to her. But yeah, I mean, the movie goes through like so. It like definitely teeters. Like I could see why people might not call as a horror movie, but man, there's like some horrific stuff in this. But it's definitely like definitely like drama horror for sure, because it it definitely deals with um, you know, like a lot of uh, kind of just like like it just deals with like life in general, you know, like real life like stuff. And the movie has a lot to say, and it, honestly, it's not dialogue heavy either it's like a lot of um narration rather than like actual talking because like the this witch you know she was isolated for 16 years so she really doesn't know how to talk so like you know you don't see her talking a lot um in these like different body forms and stuff but yeah like i i loved it like i said it's my favorite horror movie of the year so far no doubt about it and yeah i mean it's pretty sitting pretty high over on letterbox right now too i think it's got like a Three point seven or three point eight, something like that. On my, I gave four and a half out of five on Letterbox. Like I said, um, my favorite of the year so far, and it's gonna be tough to top. I think honestly, but we'll see how the rest of the year goes. Is it actually twenty twenty four? Is it just like a twenty four? It's like a twenty four. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's an a twenty four movie. But like I said, I mean, this is gonna be like I was reading the reviews, and it's fucking either like five star reviews or like one star reviews over on there. So it's it's that type of movie for sure. Sounds like the Green Knight. <laughs> yeah, which I haven't seen yet. I gotta watch that one.
0: Oh gosh, I'll save you the. <laughs> <to watch it.
1: laughs>
2: All right. uh, so my last one this week is a movie from 2015 that you can also find on Shutter, and that's Nina Forever. So this story, uh, a little bit weird, but a uh, guy loses his girlfriend in an accident, and he's grieving. And his coworker starts, uh you know, trying to console him and stuff. They fall in love. And once he uh, takes her to bed, and they start having sex, his uh, ex-girlfriend, deceased, starts uh, morphing herself into the bed, blood and everything, and starts being essentially like a cock block. And every time this couple has sex, Nina uh, comes into the picture and just kind of (laughs) is laying there in bed, and kind of trying to block everything. And then it becomes like the girl likes the guy so much that it almost becomes like a threesome situation where she tries to also sleep with the, the corpse of Nina while also sleeping with the guy. And it becomes a kind of a weird story. And one that I wasn't sure could sustain an entire movie, uh, you know, based off that idea, but I was pleasantly surprised. The movie is actually pretty good. Uh, It's got a good script. It's uh, it's a lot of conversation uh, type stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of like self-reflection and the couple trying to find ways to like kind of give Nina inner peace so that she can move on and they can be together forever uh, which is harder said than done because she keeps appearing regardless of what they're trying and uh, yeah I was pleasantly surprised like it's not one of my favorite movies or anything it's not one I would particularly go out of my way to recommend but if you uh if you like they they say it's a Romantic horror comedy. I didn't think it was particularly funny. It's maybe a romantic horror, I guess you could say. I didn't think it was like there weren't really like jokes or anything. So I guess it's a very dark comedy if it's going to go in any way. I will warn you. Uh, so Mondo pay attention. A lot of nudity in this because they're constantly having sex. And the, I'm the corpse, watching it right now. Right, and right the corpse now. is always naked um, throughout the scenes. And it's a really a gruesome corpse. Like she, It's not like it's just a, a girl. It, she's got cuts everywhere. She's bleeding all over the place all the time. They're constantly having to clean up the blood everywhere on the walls, on the sheets. It's, it's pretty gruesome as well. So a mild recommend, I would say. And that's uh, Nina Forever over on Shudder. You're a sick bastard, Steve. I, I was curious. <laughs> Someone recommended it to me, but I don't remember who. That's one thing I wish uh, Letterbox did. When you put something on your watch list, I wish you could put a note like that said, like, so mm-hmm. I could write in, uh, recommended by this person, or you know, saw this on Twitter. Just so I remember, because I have so many on there that I forget who recommended stuff. And, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. thank you
1: for whoever recommended it to me. Nice. All right, let's head into some horror news then before we review The seller. Um, You know, not a ton of, like, horror news this week, but I do have a few things. Um, Number one being a little update on the Salem's Lot remake. Of course, that is going to be coming this year. Well, we officially have a release date for that, as Salem's Lot will be releasing in theaters exclusively on September 9th, 2022. Um... This remake of, of course, the Stephen King uh, novel uh, was produced by James Wan and is going to be directed by uh, Gary Dauberman, who wrote uh, it, the it 2017 remake. Uh, he also wrote The Nun and he wrote Annabelle Comes Home. He's so he wrote the, he wrote this script and he's also going to be uh, directing it. So there is a little update on Salem's Lot. Um, we reviewed. The original on the podcast i think sometime last year and i was quite underwhelmed i think we all kind yeah. of were. yeah was long remember. and
2: boring yeah. <laughs> so
1: i'm kind of i'm still excited for this one though because like i do think like it's a pretty cool story and i think if they kind of trim some of that fat uh you know cut it down to a uh, two hour hour and a half movie it, it could be really cool so
2: yeah, we, we we'll should see. uh we should go see it together we'll be together that week so we're oh yeah, sure. that's right. We will be the yeah. <laughs>
1: there's a theater there's a theater on uh, the city walk. So yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, definitely. That sounds cool. All right, very good. Alrighty, uh a little bit of uh news on Halloween ends. Uh of course it is coming this year. Everyone is excited for it. So anytime you know, any bit of news at all comes out about this, you know, it it becomes uh fodder. And of course. This has been like really hotly talked about over the past week because Nick Castle recently in an interview um, came out and said that the Halloween ends ending will have a surprising conclusion that will make a lot of fans mad. Now, what that exactly means is up for speculation, of course, uh, you know, um I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think uh, Michael's gonna die? You think Jamie's gonna die? I So here's my theory. I think they're going to kill Lori super early in this movie. Uh, and my theory on that is because um, I feel like they announced she was filming and then she like wrapped like less than a week later. So I'm like, she like filmed her scenes like really, really quick. So like, I feel like that is going to be the big thing in this movie that's going to piss people off.
0: I think they're going to give
1: clarification
0: on how old Michael Myers really is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I I honestly, I haven't seen the second one yet. Um, I know you guys being the bigger horror nerds than I am. I don't think you guys are all that too excited about it, just based on the conversations you've had in the past. So hopefully it's good, but I doubt it, (laughs) to be honest.
2: There's no way Laurie Strode Survives this film. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but they're saying they're going to surprise us. I feel like everyone feels that way. I don't think a lot, maybe mainstream audience don't, but as horror fans, I don't see a way that she comes out of this alive anyway. So that wouldn't be a surprise if she died to me. Uh, it would be a surprise if she died early because then she literally was wasted throughout this entire trilogy, having basically phoned in the second one. um I don't know. Other, other than that, what could surprise us? Uh, if Tommy Doyle ends up being the fucking like final girl of this whole thing, you know, I'm gonna be real pissed. I, I want. Hey, what
0: if they What if they kill Laurie Strode in the beginning and then she comes back as the force goes like in *Scream* five? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I would love that just a <laughs> <Yeah. to> laugh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know what they can do to really ruin it. Um, now I heard a rumor, and Joe, maybe you know better than I do that there will be more halloween films after they've already talked about so i'm sure halloween is not ending uh this particular story is ending but i heard that they're doing more halloweens after this and yeah it's already pretty much confirmed so mm-hmm. it's it's weird i don't know
0: Is are they, are they gonna yeah. kill
2: off michael myers for good and would they go back to their original idea of making an anthology type
0: yeah
1: halloween that's thing? That's the rumor I heard too. I heard they were going to make new ones without Michael Myers in it. So, you know, go back to that original, like you said, that Carpenter's original, you know, thought when they made Halloween 3, which, you know, failed miserably. And I think it would probably fail miserably again. Like I just, I mean, honestly, uh, you just can't put that Halloween name out there and not have people expect Michael Myers. You know what I mean? I mean, otherwise they're really going to have to educate the audience, I guess, and be like, And with it's easier nowadays, of course, with social media that you can probably uh, educate the audience more like back then, obviously, like people say Halloween fucking three. They're like, and Michael, I can't imagine like the outrage back then, like when it first came out, like, but I mean, I think it could work. Like, I think it'd be cool to see like, you know, Halloween movies in the same maybe universe as like that Michael Myers character. So it could be cool.
0: Just give us another uh, horror icon mashup movie like Freddy versus Jason. Fuck it.
1: I, it's it will happen. It'll come eventually. I think. Yeah, I think you, it's just a matter do you of time. I think they'll do. and I don't know. They're all at different studios. <laughs> right. I, know. Uh, I think. I think Freddy vs Jason two would be your best bet because I just don't see like a good mashup between like any of the others really. Like I just don't see it fitting as well. Like I mean, obviously we talked about it with Tony Todd, but they, there was that Leprechaun <laughs> Candyman movie that was oh, shit. proposed, <laughs> and like I just don't see how that could work at all there's a pretty good video game
0: mod mashup. um, I think it was like last year that was a uh, being like a patient in a hospital running away from Michael Myers, only to find out that it takes place with Jason Voorhees as well. And I always Mm -hmm. thought that'd be a cool idea to have those two fucking psychos going after each other or going after people. I don't know. I mean, it's just with everything that they're doing nowadays, whether it be horror or not. I mean, why, why fucking not, you know, why not try something new completely?
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah, I think like uh, maybe like Annabelle versus Chucky or something could maybe work or something like with doll. like Annabelle some, doesn't some talk, sort though. of dolls. No, she doesn't. so, so like I, I'm trying to think of like another doll, maybe like P- puppet master. master. yeah puppet yeah. master. Uh, even Chucky though they woman. don't talk, it's still kind of goofy. like they're both kind of goofy, so it could work. yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, that's actually a good segue because my next uh, bit of news is about Chucky uh, as season two of the TV series has officially began their production. Um, and the news, the big news that broke was that Brad Dorf was coming back to play Chucky again. And I don't think there was any surprise about that considering he was the voice in season uh, one. So if he didn't come back in season two, I just, I think that would have been a sh- more of a shock than anything, but um, yeah. So Dom and he just uh, gave a brief statement said, we're thrilled to start pulling the strings on a second season of puppet mayhem with Chucky bringing uh chucky to the small screen um this season will be bigger than ever and uh to the fans chucky sends a message he said this isn't over by a long shot you better watch your backs in 2022 so uh season two of chucky will be coming uh to usa uh seems like sometime later this year i'm assuming october because that's when it premiered last uh year so i'm assuming it'll be back again this year so yeah they're doing there's going to be a little chucky uh TV series reunion at Texas Frightmare this weekend. So, um I'm probably going to meet Devin Sawa cuz I've never had the chance to meet him. So, even Steve's though I don't favorite. Think he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But uh Chucky's going to be uh but Brad's going to be there and Fiona and um the kid who played the bully in season 1 that Oh yeah, I saw
0: that.
1: Yeah, spoiler alert, dies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: has it has anyone other than Mark Hamill um voice Chucky? It's always been Brad Dorf, right? Because
1: Mark Hamill you a newer remake. Right. Yeah, no, it's always been Brad other than that, okay. that one remake. Yep. You are my um, buddy.
0: You are my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, man, that kid who plays the bully, he's charging, like, 50 bucks at the con or something. I'm like, dude, you're only in fucking Chucky season. Like, this is the problem with cons, man. Like, these fucking no-names that are just, like, charging 50 bucks now. It's like, oh, man, it hurts. And Robert England's 125 now it's like
0: oof. why don't you go plug your uh your cameo while you're at the convention dude it's fucking joe the one that you're coming with uh the dude from uh oh uh, the, the movie time. i know yeah, yeah. Huh? i'll
1: set up a table yeah <laughs> Just i put you back, right background extra yeah yeah and heard on the <laughs> horror
0: squad podcast yeah, and they right. have steve there too with the executive producer credits dude <laughs> that's right there you go fucking charge 30 bucks
1: yeah. Um, anyone that is going to Texas though, I'm definitely, I'm going to have stickers and magnets and stuff like that. So if you do see me come over and I'll, you get some free swag, some free hard squad swag. So. Are you guys meeting up with Todd there? Is he going to be in Texas? Um, I'm going to try to meet up with, I don't think Todd's going to make the convention, but I think I might try to meet up with him for like dinner one night or something like that. When I'm there, kick him in the nets for me. I will (laughs) gladly. Alrighty, uh, next bit of news here is uh, one Steve sent over to me right before uh, this podcast started, and I really don't know much about this, but apparently uh, Carrie Elwes, our buddy, who uh, a lot of fans know from Saw and Robin Hood men tights and Princess Bride, uh, apparently wears a lot of makeup, according to Todd, I think, who met him. It's true, (laughs) it's true. Um he was apparently bitten by a rattlesnake uh over the was it over the weekend? I don't know. I didn't read this article yet, Steve, but he apparently was bitten by a rattlesnake and was rushed to a hospital. So, um, you know, thoughts out to him. It, it, I, it I guess he's even, okay.
2: he uh, was even considered life-threatening <laughs> according wow. to uh, the hospital, so he got bit bad. bad. Um Did you
0: see his finger? It looked fucking gross. Uh, I it said a... he was
1: airli- yeah, airlifted by helicopter to the hospital, so yeah. Jeez.
0: That's crazy, yeah, to,
1: like so- that's crazy to me because
2: we don't have that here in Canada. Like we don't have. If I go outside, I don't have something that's gonna bite me, like a snake, him. yeah, snake or or spider or brown recluse or fucking anything, you know. Like other than geese, we really have nothing that's gonna attack us. Or bears, I guess, but we see him coming usually.
0: So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Isn't he, a, isn't he a germaphobe too?
2: Yeah, he he like when he goes to conventions, he like boxes off his table, like even though. It's all like people in open tables. His one yeah. is going to be like completely boxed
0: off. Uh, it's a whole thing, but um, well, shit, maybe this will cure him. Got fucking bit by a Rattlesnake.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully he's okay. You know, oh. He's uh, he's still a good actor. I still enjoy him. He was good in Stranger Things uh, season three. I think it was the one he was in and yeah, Saw, yeah. and
1: a bunch of other stuff. So Liar, liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The claw <laughs> is going to get you. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so one last bit of news today, and this isn't really news per se, but, uh, Blade Disgusting put out their summer horror movie preview. So I was just going to go over some of them. And if you guys want to stop and talk about any of them, um, we can. All right, so this is going to be a rundown of all of the big horror releases coming out um, this uh, late spring and summer. Starting off with The Sadness, which we'll be releasing on Shudder May 12th. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the show yet, but it's been talked being talked about on the Discord and whatnot. Um, so this is going to be like this uh, a crazy, uh, is it Japanese or Korean? I'm not really Japanese. sure. Japanese yeah so it's gonna be like a crazy uh Japanese horror movie um I've seen people already uh, apparently it's already been released in the UK so a lot of people have gotten a chance to see it and apparently it's fucking insane so it makes me really excited to watch it now I think we're gonna review it actually on the phone. we were yeah. talking about this over at golf game the other day with Todd <laughs> uh I
2: think from what I've heard it's one that we should review apparently it's really really insane so
1: Mm-hmm. yeah a quote plot on that one is uh, a couple desperate to reunite amidst a city ravaged by an evolved virus that transformed the inflicted into bloodthirsty sadists so sort of uh, a zombie-ish type movie so we'll see about that uh next coming out on may 13th is Firestarter, the remake of the classic stephen king novel which was originally played by drew barrymore this time it is played by uh the young girl from It, Chapter 2, who you might know, she had the little scar on her face. She, you know, encountered Pennywise under the bleachers there. Um, honestly, I watched the trailer. This trailer came up uh, the other day on TV, and I looked at Sam, and I was like, this actually looks kind of bad. So, my 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 I, my uh, expectations went down after re-watching the trailer, but oh, I think we're going to cover it. So, we'll see how it is. All right, next one. May 13th, The Innocents. This one, highly, highly... Um, Anticipated for me because I'm hearing very very good things about this one. uh so this one is a coming of age horror drama that follows four children discovering supernatural powers over the summer holiday. Their innocent play takes a dark turn and strange things happening. Um, so kind of that sounds really cool, really interesting. And uh this one also I think was released in Europe and I've heard nothing but great things about that one. So super excited to check do, that do one. Do you know out. what how that's releasing? Is that a
2: theater? Or is um, that a-
1: it. it it, it does not say i believe it's a vod release a VOD? okay cool yeah mm-hmm. all righty uh next one uh may 19th coming to shutter the found footage phenomenon uh this one is actually a documentary that tracks the origins of the found footage technique and how it transformed with techno- technological changes throughout the last few decades so um it um also will uh have interviews with tons of uh found footage actors and directors so if you're a fan of found footage that seems like it's on, a dude. must watch the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh another one that i'm very excited about on may 20th a24's newest horror movie men uh this one seemed this one um seems very mysterious not uh, a lot about it but uh the plot synopsis is uh about a woman who retreats alone to the beautiful English countryside, hoping to have found a place to heal after a personal tragedy, but someone or something from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her. So uh, I saw the trailer for it; looks really interesting, uh, and I'm excited for it because it's a 24. <laughs> All right, next bit one, uh, June 3rd. This one coming to VOD. Director Rob Savage's newest uh, horror movie, of course, who we interviewed on the podcast for his uh, first breakout horror movie host, which was like the talk of the fucking town when that released. Uh, But this one is called Dash Cam. Um, So this one is about a... uh, a musician's wild night as she steals her friend's car and agrees to transport an older woman. She finds herself caught up in sinister forces that threaten everyone around her. And I believe the entire movie is filmed through via dash cam footage. So that one. This is going to be cool. a VOD? It says theaters and VOD, so I'm assuming it's releasing same day as theaters. Yeah, I heard a lot VOD. of good shit
0: about that one, man, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, his first movie was really cool, and I'm glad it's cool that he's sticking kind of with like a found footage and type thing so maybe we'll bring them back we'll, we'll probably get him back maybe for this one so we'll see all right on june 3rd releasing straight in theaters is the passenger uh this one is about a group of strangers sharing a ride uh has their trip interrupted when the driver hits a woman hiking in the dark of night they decide to help her but quickly learn that something is wrong and they shouldn't have let her in at all so i haven't heard much about that one so we'll see on uh, June third, also, Watcher will be releasing in theaters. Watcher's um, is about a woman who moves to a new country with her fiance and becomes tormented by the feeling that someone is following her. This one comes from um, one of the directors of VHS 94. It doesn't say which segment um, this person did, but um, apparently, it is going to be an Alfred Hitchcocky it, Alfred Hitchcocking, cocky. Ooh, cock. keeps saying cock. thriller, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh all right uh the next one is, we got is Gatlop which will be hitting um VOD on June 16th this one is a supernatural comedy about a group of old friends who reunite for a nostal- nostalgic evening of fun and games after a decade apart after one too many they decide to play a drinking game but it's quickly revealed that the game comes with supernatural stakes mischief leads to mayhem and the group realizes that if they can't come together to win the game by sunrise they will be forced to play for eternity in hell so that one sounds like it could be really fun uh on june 21st coming exclusively to Screenbox, which is the newest horror streaming service um is called story game which is a horror based anthology series that brings to life three legendary japanese ghost stories three friends try to try to outwit and scare each other with scary stories while camping in hawaii but only one can win the story game on june 24th um probably one of the bigger horror releases of the year coming out the hotly talked about the black phone this movie um, comes from the joe hill short story uh this one is about a 13 year old boy who is locked up in his kidnappers basement and he starts receiving unlikely help from past victims who call through a broken telephone uh super cool uh plot synopsis on that one and i'm super excited for that one that one stars ethan hawk as well and it is from the same director who did uh sinister so we'll see about that one uh and what else anything else interesting here there's a lot, actually. Um, oh, July 22nd? Nope, another big one coming out. Of course, Jordan Peele's new Alien question mark horror movie. Obviously. I think so, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> and what else? Anything else? Uh, oh, August 5th, we comes out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. A 24, another A 24 horror movie. This one is supposed to be a horror comedy take on the slasher genre. We are actually getting the trailer tomorrow, as of this recording. So excited to check that one out. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. And then another one um, that hasn't announced a release date yet, but it is supposed to be coming to summer on Hulu, is Prey, the newest Predator movie, which uh, should be pretty interesting. Uh, we haven't had a good Predator movie in a while, so hopefully this one will break break the cycle. So we'll see. Boner initiated. <laughs> so how many of these star
2: Jenna Ortega, do you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shit. All of them. <laughs> at least half of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's been in. She's actually filming. She's actually filming a movie right now in Boston. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a mob movie though. No heart not a harm. Oh, damn, I hope she's coming I back know. to horror. She's uh she's. Great. Yeah, well, now that she's like actually like pretty well known, I feel like she'll probably get out of there They'll start pulling her away from the genre, probably and doing other stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot of A24 this year too. It's uh there is yeah it's it's crazy. Crazy. Well, they
1: They've grown been- a- Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, cool.
2: Um, well, yeah, a lot of good stuff this year. I'm. uh looking forward to definitely. it definitely although i think a lot of the bigger names are in the fall this year we have quite a bit uh, halloween yeah. Hellraiser, uh, Salem's a lot uh there are a few other yep.
1: things as well so
2: pretty stacked here hopefully it's you know our top 10 is better than last year
1: <laughs> i think so i gotta say like already like there's like you know already like i already have like my top three set right now and it's already better than last year i feel like so
2: yeah i, I watched 21 mm. so far and yeah they're not terrible like it's a already a okay list you know so mm-hmm. it's it's looking up so far and we're only you know four four months in so it's, yeah it, i'm pretty happy with the yeah, way it's, it's going so far
1: i yeah i agree like there hasn't been any like any like massive um mainstream standouts i guess besides x which we are going to be covering so we'll be talking about it um but i think uh, you know with black i think black phone is not going to disappoint and um there's a few others out there that i think will be pretty good so we'll see how it goes and you know uh, i i can guarantee you i doubt halloween ends will make my top 10 but hopefully it surprises me and it, it does but it hasn't made the 2018 one didn't make my top 10 and halloween kills didn't make my top 10 so we'll we'll see about uh we have low expectations now have. so yeah right yeah so it can only it, it can, can only, only go, go up, up right? I <laughs> yeah
0: maybe buster right. rhymes is the killer and then you yeah, can yeah right <laughs> this whole thing leads up to a,
2: basically a remake of resurrection <laughs> that'd <Yeah>. be something <laughs> that would piss off people that'd be a perfect uh, it'd go right on brand with what they said
1: oh yeah All right, gents, let's get into The Cellar 2022, currently streaming over on Shudder. This one is directed by Brendan Muldowney, who um, I don't believe has done anything else really notable that horror fans would know him from. Um, But yeah, so this one stars, of course, Alicia Cuthbert, um, also Abby Fitz, and if I can pronounce this man's name, Oin Macken. Um, so this is, uh, an Irish horror movie. Um, it is set, I believe in Ireland from what I under, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so this one, um, let me read the, uh, plot synopsis here and then we can get into it. Uh, so Kierwood's daughter mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new house. She soon discovers there is an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home that she will have to face or risk losing her family's souls forever. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, pretty much the basic plot of it um but yeah i mean we also get into some like you know weird stuff with um yeah i mean so like i guess i'll get into it like really quick besides that yeah i mean so this family they move into a new house and uh basically they start experiencing like weird stuff you know it seems like it's going to be like some sort of maybe haunted house movie or something like that um there's like weird paintings on the walls and stuff like that and then they go into the basement and they discover like all this weird sort of writing um and then they discover a like math equation um and whatnot but there's a great scene um and this is basically what sets up the entire movie where Um, The power goes out, and the daughter has to go down the stairs. She calls the mother, um, and you know this really intense, pretty cool scene happens, and by the end of it, the daughter ends up vanishing, and the rest of the movie is her trying to figure out what happened to her daughter, where'd she go, why'd she vanish, and we go down this whole rabbit hole of what do these equations mean that were on the, the floor in the basement, and what is going on in that cellar, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, all right, let's, uh, let's start off with Mondo. He is our guest. So, oh, shit. uh, what, what'd you, th- what'd you think of this one? Oh, oh man, I gotta sound like a professional now. Huh. <laughs> all
0: right. You know, I, it's funny you brought up, was this set in Ireland? Because I probably spent the first 30 minutes of the movie and I was like, is it in fucking Ireland? Like it, it wasn't until they later got to the, uh, the college or something that I was like, oh, okay, there there's one American. And I think these kids are Irish too, because the daughter who goes missing is like speaks pretty good English. Then all of a sudden, like this accent start coming in. I was totally lost. But this movie definitely has all those tropes. And for me, I, I'm kind of like a, a pet peeve of mine is some of the tropes that they show in movies um, that later on, you know, like they have their payoff or whatnot. Like, hey, we're moving to a new house. How many times have we seen that? The house is creepy. Yeah. I mean, I thought there was the Xavier School of Gifted Individuals when they rolled up to this place. Um, but the house setup was pretty cool. The, seeing the creepy pictures like you're in the Haunted Mansion ride was pretty awesome. Um, Alicia Cutbirth, let me tell you, this what a smoke show, man. She just, wow. Um, but it was weird seeing her in this role because I've never seen her in something like this, you know, where she's the restraint. She's like the mom um, to these kids. But Like Joe mentioned, uh, you get into the weird shapes and stuff um, that eventually lead to weird things going on in the house. They pull out a a radio that I'm sure Steve had when he was growing up, one of those wind-up record player (laughs) radios, um, and it starts playing like basically like Winter Soldier shit, like Epsilon, Delta, um, weird stuff that it starts instigating all the things in the house. I really I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it because it was I, I was sitting there wondering, like how much research gets put into making these movies, you know, like how much research did you have to do to do the mathematical equations to relate it to um, which you guys could spoil later on here? Um, like it was it was a pretty good story. Uh, the ending was a little I mean, like I said, every trope pays off from the moment oh, look at this tattoo my daughter had. And now I use that as a device later on in the movie to help me figure out this, this shit that's going on. Um, I was kind of a little taken aback. Like, did they need the, uh, the parent's job and what they do? Like, was that really important to this movie at all? I mean, for me, it was just kind of like a throwaway. add had some extra filler into it. Um, but let me tell you, that costume design that you get at the end uh, was pretty fucking cool. I know if anyone got a big Woody, it was Joe uh, watching this movie. But uh, I kind of saw where it was going very early on. So I think it kind of, kind of dumbed it down a little for me. Like I wasn't, once I figured, kind of figure it out with all the goat heads and stuff. And, um, you know, it's Hebrew language, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I just kind of, kind of slowed down for me at the end, but overall it was a good movie. It was a good watch. It had definitely some, some scary moments, you know, as far as you said, when the lights go out, Um mean, she has to go down to the cellar to restart it. And that counting was so reminiscent to me of like Freddy Krueger one, two, we're coming for you, like her walking down the stairs. It's pretty cool, but I'll leave it with that. And I'll just pick up later on, interrupt you guys here and there.
2: uh So the reason we're reviewing is I, I watched this one first over on Shutter, I believe it was on. And I kind of told uh, Joe and Todd to check it out. Todd watched it. He talked about what watched last week. He liked it. Uh, and I thought Joe would be into this movie because it's about, well, inherently it's about a witch who uh, uh, does you know, sets up essentially a spell or they think it is anyway, that that's the legend of the house that uh, sets up a spell and there are goat heads involved and it's a slow burn and it's all dark. So I thought this would be in Joe's wheelhouse. I personally really, really liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean the old move into the haunted house story trope has been super overplayed over the years and I get that, but it, I, I could somehow feel myself like living through this experience, you know, as a kid, like what, you know, I've been in haunted houses when I was a kid and I, you know, my grandparents' house was super haunted and their like cellar slash basement kind of looked that way, like super creepy down there. And I never wanted to go downstairs and the fear of what's going to grab me. Cause you, the, the way the lights were set up at my grandparents' house, cause it's like a over a hundred year old house. Uh, the light wouldn't reach all the way to the, ba- to the, sta- the bottom of the stairs, So it'd be darker down there. Cause you had to like click another light when you were down there and not, the not knowing like what's going to be down there scares you. So I like that a lot, that whole aspect. Uh, one thing I really love is the investigation haunted film. Uh, I love when there's a haunting experience and the movie is spent like trying to investigate what's going on with the house. Uh, it actually reminded me a lot of the Changeling in that in that way, and I think they knew that because they have like a straight up Changeling. Uh, nod in the film where the ball is coming down the stairs uh, to scare the parents there, which is straight out of the changeling. And I really love that type of film. So I think this plays into my wheelhouse like a lot. Uh, Also super personal note and extra point just for that. The kid has the same name as me, like fully. (laughs) So I thought that was super interesting uh, that someone shared my name. So I could definitely relate with that. Uh, I love that it was in Ireland, you know, it just gave it a little kind of different sense to everything. I love the architecture and stuff and that over there. Uh, I love the math aspect as well, because math is like a universal language that regardless of what culture you're in, math doesn't change. You know, it's the same everywhere. And I like that they played off different like religions you know, there were some Jewish tropes. There, were, there was Baphomet. There were some uh, like Norse god type of stuff. And it wasn't just like one thing. Usually it's always like, okay, this is a totally Catholic thing or totally this thing. They were playing into different things. And it was more the math, I think, that was uh, kind of that brought it all together. And yeah, I have a bunch of notes on this one, but that's basically my thoughts. I, It's a slow burn for sure. Uh, but I think it's one that personally paid off, but I could see how some people wouldn't like the end and we'll discuss it when we get there, but uh, I'll get Joe's thoughts on it first, but I personally really like this.
1: Uh, yeah. So I was excited to check this one out based on Steve and Todd's recommendation. They, I know they both seem to enjoy this one and, um, yeah, you know, I didn't love this one, honestly. Um, so I think it had a lot of really cool ideas, but I, I just feel like it didn't all come together um i I feel like they they had a like a lot like i said they had a lot of cool ideas but it just uh it just didn't it just uh, it's like they had they just couldn't like figure it all out like i feel like like especially like they had like all of this like weird shit with like all like this supposed cult or whatever you want to call it but it's never really fully like examined or like a ima- mat you know, like explained or anything like that. So it's kind of left to I guess your imagination. But I just feel like it needed more explanation um at the end of the day for me. And you know, there's some great scenes in here. Um, but I the the middle, like it just got really dull, I feel like and then it picks back up in the end and then we get to the end and i feel like if you're gonna go there you need to go fully there and i just feel like it never got fully there and they put and they held back and whether that was due to budgetary reasons or whatever um i you know if you're gonna go crazy and go like all out there and go but you gotta go balls to the wall like don't you can't hold back and to me this movie it just it just holds back a lot and I feel like there's a great movie potentially in here somewhere, but as it stands, it just didn't get there for me personally.
0: I hundred percent agree with that. Joe. I mean, you're right. I mean, they talk about the cultist stuff and they even bring up at one point, I mean, I guess we, can we get into spoiler territory? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When towards the end of the film where they bring up like, Hey, there's another house found in Germany. I think it was. And you're like, okay, I get it there's another house so there's multiple houses i'm assuming in other other locations for this um that this mathematical equation itself is used to gain. i mean because i believe it was the previous owner featherstone or whatever his name was um who his son was sick and he needed to find some way to help him so he resorted to this right um and he just was left like okay i get it but we spent the whole like first 45 minutes of like i hate this place i'm leaving my friends don't understand me and like I don't know, even at like for me as a parent, if my fucking daughter went missing, I wouldn't just kind of like shrug it off. I mean, they it, it felt that way. It felt like, oh, my daughter went missing. I'm so sad. You better look for her. Come look at the house again. But other than that, it was like, whatever. And everyone was yeah. just so normal. Yeah, there's great. like a
1: scene where like she like goes to like her work or something like that. I'm like, dude, like daughter's so missing. And she like, yeah, she like, yeah. Like you would think she'd be like in a depression and like freaking out. But she absolutely. Never- she never really conveys that in this movie. No, or even uh, the scene where the son's playing games in his room, right? And this
0: panel just opens up behind him. And I don't recall any other part in this movie where there was a panel that opened up in that room. So the significance was, is oh shit, secret panel, something's going on. And then she plays the music or the, the, the record. It starts doing the one, two. She hears him counting, goes in the room. And he's totally oblivious to the fact that There's this fucking panel that just opened up. This little fucker was about to walk into it. Just shrugs it off like no big deal. I just, you said it perfectly. Like it's just everywhere. Great idea, but it's everywhere. And it wasn't, they weren't able to like hammer it down. Um, And then the ending, I'll let you guys take that first because that ending, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. But wasn't the panel the closet from before? I don't, I I thought it was.
2: So that's why it wasn't anything like special to her. It was just the closet where they found that musical device and the, all that stuff. Maybe, so
0: maybe I missed that part. of it. maybe I was one of one of the minutes I was on my phone because I could have sworn, like for me, that is never something that I would think of would be a closet. And if I missed it, then that's my bad. But it was just weird. Yeah, to I me. think it was just the closet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've never lived in a house with a closet like that. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, you never lived in Ireland, right? <laughs> well, if you <laughs> yeah. if we're talking about Assassin's Creed, maybe, right, maybe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, see, to me, all like, yeah, for sure, she wasn't as freaked out about her daughter as she should have been. That that's definitely true. Um, but the cops also like didn't seem to really care. Everyone seemed to think that she just left, and she, you know, just escaped. And I don't know if that played into it. Like maybe she had left maybe. the house before, and she wasn't like that concerned about it at first. It's not until that the house starts to reveal itself that she starts kind of freaking out about it a little bit more. Uh, so I wonder if that's what played into that. One thing I didn't mention is how, how much I love some of the scenes where they really build tension, like the one where the where yeah. she's going down the stairs and the counting, and one thing in particular that really impressed me throughout the whole film is the sound design. Uh, the way they use sounds to, like, inspire the fear, creature. the yeah. creatures, like, hoofs hitting, like, walking around, and just the sound design in general is just really, really solid in this film. And I really, really love that. And as far as them not going there uh, near the end, you know, with the, especially with Bufferman coming out and essentially trying to take, take them. Uh, it could be budgetary, but to me, so they show him kind of really quick uh, in one shot. Yeah. To me, that was enough. It was like enough to satisfy me to know what he looks like, but I feel if they showed us more of it, it it would have lost its appeal because it wouldn't be a scare anymore. You'd start focusing on how bad the CGI is. You'd start saying, okay, maybe this design's a little too goofy for me. So I liked that they didn't really show him and left more to the imagination. And sometimes the imagination is just scarier than what they can show on film. And I think that's what I really liked about that whole scene and that whole like segment.
0: Was he CGI though? I thought it was a uh, practical cost practical looking, to it,
2: me it, it could have been practical it's, yeah. it's hard yeah. to see we saw him so quickly right that right it was very yeah. quick it's very quick yeah. but it's very possible it's practical if it was something that that quick but I, I liked his design you know we never I can't think of a lot of movies that actually show like Baphomet the way that
1: no not many human
2: yeah it's a design that they don't use surprisingly because there's a lot of like merch and stuff about him so you'd think right something that people would go to more and I, I thought that was really cool
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to pull off effectively, like you said. Um, so uh, let's like, I, 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 want, I want to try to decipher this ending because I don't even know if I fully understand what the hell is yeah, going I'm on. I'm right there I, with you. <laughs> so the way I am understanding this is, we get to our our ending, and basically what it's revealed is the house was used by some sort of cult. Or, like, you know, I think they called it Leviathan, which, like, was a cult that worshiped, you know, Satan and Baphomet. Um, And essentially, in the basement, they did like these mathematics that basically opens a portal to hell, uh, essentially. And for whatever reason this portal is reopened, but I don't understand like how it reopened or like because they, it...
2: they played his equation on the music. Yeah, that's that right. Okay. That's it. right. Yeah. They play okay,
1: that's right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. They pay so they play they find an old uh, is it a phonograph? I believe is what it's called. It's Steve's radio. Um, <laughs> yeah those yeah i mean for those that don't know it's like those really old-timey radios you see from like the 1800s or whatever early 1900s um you know that you like wind up and it's got like that like massive like speaker Big on the brass speaker yeah yeah so like they play that and that's right it'll o- and it it basically uh starts Does the this, incantation
0: uh, yeah to open up
1: right the incantation the that opens that starts to open this portal basically and that's where the daughter is she's basically uh basically In hell, essentially, purgatory Uh, or some shit, yeah. yeah, And so, yeah, which the mother ends up going into purgatory to find the daughter, and she finds her dude to find like her tattoo. Like, like there's a tattoo, there's what you think (laughs) is a throwaway scene where she's like looking through her Facebook and she finds like a tattoo that she kept hidden from the mother. And the mother, don't tell my mom, yeah. So, she finds it, and that's how she saves her daughter. Um, and basically, we think everything's all hunky dory. Um yeah. and that uh, they're okay. Uh, they go to leave the house and essentially they find out that they are trapped inside the house or they are trapped inside hell. This portal to hell and basically Baphomet has taken them and uh, that's how the movie ends. It's like that
0: fucking Christmas movie. Um, what is it with uh, Krampus? Duke... Krampus, yeah, it's the same Florida, exact you know?
1: ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and
2: it's, it's been because alert. she, yeah, she didn't. She, they thought it was the seller that was the portal but himself, yeah but it, but the old lady that they go to visit whose family went through the same thing said it was the house and i guess she didn't pay attention to that because when she <laughs> tries to leave the house she realizes it was never the seller mm-hmm. it was actually the entire house
0: hey how, right. how high do you guys think you, guys, uh, you could count without fucking up because they were like on <laughs> 200 million and one i was like I'd be done after like a hundred. Yeah, but they're right. possessed. So it doesn't matter. Right.
1: So, I know. So my, I, so my question is, what is the significance to the counting? Did I miss that? Or is is there a significance to that? I don't counting? think there is. I think no. they just
0: introduced math as yeah. this, as this mysterious problem that opens up the realm to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, my idea was they did all this to get something from it, but it's like, mm-hmm. they didn't get anything from it. They fucking lost themselves to it. Um So yeah, I don't know that there was any kind of significance behind them being in purgatory counting forever, other than I I guess their representation of hell.
2: I I think it's uh, basically representing that when you start counting, it's it's like you're you're taken, you know. You're
1: taken over. Yeah,
2: that's why every time someone starts counting in the film, they kind of glaze over and they just kind of count and start walking towards the portal. Uh, I think that that was the significance is to show the audience.
0: So uh, essentially, uh, (laughs) they were taken so essentially this family then is just a victim of playing this fucking music and accidentally opening the yeah, shit wrong this, wrong place
1: wrong time yeah yeah <laughs> they Basically. bought a house that yeah. was
2: yeah disastrous. and they, they kind of figure it out a little bit with the symbols on the doors uh, that make up the pentagram and you know there's yeah. like a bunch of clues within the house like so the, the was it the painting had some clues that this house? Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: had the something. shocker on yeah. his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was doing the, the he was doing like finger. the same symbol that you see with Baphomet. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So yeah, so with the ending, I, I liked the ending. Like, I didn't mind it, but I just feel like I feel like it wasn't earned. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I, uh, like, I just felt the climax to be very lackluster. Like, we get this very really quick shot of Baphomet and like I, I don't know, I just feel like we needed more of him. Like even if you don't see him, just more like of him lurking, a little more sort of um, uh, build up before we get to that point. Yeah. Um. And it just well, it, yeah, it just is never there. And I think that goes off of like us never really getting fully explained like who these people were either, like this secret society or whatever you want to really call them. Um. So yeah.
0: I like the, when they showed a silhouette in the cellar, you know, when towards the end where you start seeing. Yeah. That was it's cool. Pitch black. It, that was really cool. Um, the practicality of that costume was cool. I, I agree with what you we just said earlier, Steve, that the building and the tension, you know, like that was, it was exquisite, but it's like it all went out at the window at the end, you know, because the, when she sees the stairwell that goes all the way down, I was like, that's fucking cool because you're essentially getting your descent into hell, right? You're descending into hell as a mother to go, save your daughter which is no different than what the mom did in poltergeist to save her kids right like god help me um so i thought that was cool but then when she got there it's kind of like oh this kind of it wasn't what i was hoping it would be you know you're in hell and you just see all these random people just counting and whatever um but then i didn't feel like that tension that we had earlier in this movie i felt like there wasn't any tension like you hear baphomet in the background like oh shit he's coming but she wasn't like I didn't get dread from it. You know, I didn't get this like, oh, fuck, the the exits blocked. And how the hell did she get past them? Because there's one way up, one way down. And at one point, she gets her daughter, scared to go upstairs, finally books it, and then Baphomet all of a sudden, like, I mean, he started at the top of the stairs. Then at the very end, he's coming up the stairs behind him. So I don't I know. Think, it, I think he had
2: him by by that point, right? That when, were she, when, the- when she okay. descended into hell, I think he that already had it. him. So, okay. At that point, it was like a moot point.
0: I I did love that payoff, though, with the uh, symbology, you know, on how it all paid and how it all connected together. The math, like I've always hated math. This is just another reason I hate math. Number one, because I don't fucking understand it. Number two, well, like you said, universal language of crazy shit. But I thought that was really cool. I just wish they would have done a little bit more. But again, this wasn't like a... A movie theater release there wasn't an enormous budget behind it to support what I wish it would have been but that doesn't mean it was a terrible movie it's just for me personally I there was you had a very good premise and you just kind of fizzled out so yeah one thing
2: I would have liked to to kind of just really put the exclamation point on this film is that in hell like right now they're kind of walking towards nothing Uh, I wish they were walking towards like a portal to hell and maybe even have, like, it turns out that that wasn't Baphomet, that was just, like, a demon, and you have Baphomet, mm-hmm. like, like a gigantic Baphomet just sitting in the middle mm. as people walk towards hell, uh, you know, so that we know that they're going somewhere very bad, whereas now it just looks like they're going in limbo, and maybe that would have been a little bit better, but you know, films like that, and that's always a problem with any type of haunting film, it's, there's very rarely a satisfying conclusion, you know, and I'm just glad that they gave him a bad ending, honestly, that It's not something we see enough. And that was surprising. And I thought that was good.
1: All right. Anything else, gents? Or should we rate it? No,
2: I just got one question uh, on our Discord about the movie. All right. Uh, So it's from Weezerface. Uh, Did you think they could have left the
1: Hebrew letters math stuff out of this? Mm, I guess you could have, because you could have just made it into like a straight cult, you know? Um, But. Honestly, I think introducing that made it a little more interesting. Like, it was something different, you know, that you don't see. So I kind of appreciated it. It made it unique. It it gave you
0: something that you probably wouldn't have thought of before on your own with math and how math can be used with, you know, paradoxes and all that shit. Like, it was cool to see them use something different. I just don't feel that they used it effectively enough. If you're going to give us that story, like, maybe there's the cult is – a bunch of mathematician type people, you know, who have discovered this and that would have been cool to expand on that, but they didn't. So.
2: Yeah. I think they weren't, I think they were just kind of dipping into different religions, you know, not just right. uh, necessarily the Jewish one. I, like I said before, they, they're dipping into different mythologies and stuff like that as well. Uh, which I like because, you know, in real life, if something like this were to happen, I don't think one religion has the whole thing figured out. I think it would be a mixture of different people's experiences throughout the world. So different religions, different mythologies, and that the truth is somewhere in between. Uh, that's why I like the math thing, because that's one thing that we should all, you know, should be like the same everywhere. Um,
0: Fuck math. Yeah. Uh, she,
2: she also goes on to say just PS Jews don't believe in the devil or hell. So that's that interesting. would be against uh, their religion. But like I said, I don't think it's a Jewish thing as much as just a general cult, you know, Mythology mm-hmm. thing. You
0: yeah. think this is a one and done movie, or do you think they expand it? Oh no, this is definitely Just a one and done. I definitely Yeah, it one and done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's, there's no yeah. way this, <laughs> this gets a sequel. Yeah. I, I really
0: shocked. I really wish those people in in hell or this purgatory would have like, if they'd been there that long counting, I wish they would have like looked the part. You know what I mean? Like you've been there for so long, I wish you would like, I don't know, show some kind of naz- like when when you think about hell, you don't necessarily think about like, hey, dirty looking people. I guess it's all like the eye of the beholder type thing, but I usually correlate it with like, hey, you fucked up zombie style type stuff, you know, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: some some type of nastiness to you, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, hell could have been like cooler, but I don't know if that was hell. Like, was it hell? I don't you know. It's felt it, assume... more like Limbo yeah. than hell, right? Yeah, to yeah me, like anyway. Limbo, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. All right. M- Want to read, read it? it. Oh man, I gave
0: this, I think you guys do on a 10 scale. So I yes. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a bad film. Um I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon. Um but I gave it a 7, I think. Yeah, 7 out of
1: 10. All righty. Uh yeah, I think it's it's like a decent one-time watch, but if you don't watch it, you're not I don't think you're missing much either, honestly. Um cool ideas, some pretty cool scenes, but overall just didn't come all together for me, so I'm I'm going to give it a 6.
2: I watched it twice in a week. Uh you know, the first time just to watch it and then second time to review it, and I I kept the same score that I had originally. I, I like that dreadful feeling that they have. I like the scares that they had in this. It reminds me of The Changeling, which I liked a lot and the rest of the squad didn't. Uh so maybe that's why I liked it more than everyone. Uh it's th- that investigation paranormal stuff that i really really love and getting into different lores of stuff i don't really know so i give an eight out of ten i don't think this will make my top 10 of the year i mean at least i hope not because that would mean that there's nothing else for the rest of the year but uh still very glad i watched this i don't think i'd revisit it now that i've seen it twice but happy i watched it and i would recommend it to people who like kind of ghost uh dark slow burn films so yeah did todd give you guys a score
0: yeah, uh, he had yeah, three point he...
2: five out of five yeah. on Letterbox. That's like a seven, like you. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. But I don't know. Todd sometimes Letterbox ratings and then Five. out of ten ratings are like totally different. So who the hell knows? Uh, <laughs> He'd be like, nice "Yeah, I, I give it a, I give it a, a seven out of ten, which is like a four and a half on Letterbox." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, math! Math is not our
2: subject, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if we're using math, then seven out of ten is a score. Yeah, All right.
1: <laughs> All righty. Well, Mondo, thanks so much for joining us tonight thank you pleasure. Guys, i appreciate it and if you want to hear more Mondo, you can check out let's xp gaming which uh steve and todd also do as well so basically the same show just without me so <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're always welcome to come over man you're always welcome to come over and hang out right
1: last episode so if you want to hear yeah, Joe, for, yeah, uh,
0: right.
2: the dick tracy episode and our next episode we're covering the crow so dipping a nice. little bit into the horror genre but also more comic book because we do both the geek and gaming so
0: yeah uh, yeah I'm looking i want updates today. about this uh vr competition you guys got playing golf man oh so,
1: yeah man we're having oh a yeah blast. yeah it's been fun for sure yeah we played our first round with uh todd two rounds of todd the other day and yeah it was a lot of fun
0: I'm really hoping you guys are putting on the whole uh ten- or tennis uh golf getup with fucking <laughs>
1: pants
0: and fucking we, we don't hours. even wear pants like sometimes <laughs> no. I'm oh, a, yeah. saying,
1: sometimes I'm in my underwear. So <laughs> oh
0: shit. Okay, I'm digging this shit. Yep. Well, thank <laughs> but, you guys uh, for having me on here, man. I know yeah. this is a, it's a little different for me talking horror. Um, but I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, nothing but love. Um, but yeah, if you ever need to fill in, fuck it. I'm here. Absolutely. Awesome and next next week week. (laughs) we don't know what we're covering yeah
1: we're up in the air folks so we'll let you know Uh uh yeah so if you want to know what we're covering next week all you have to do is just follow us uh on our discord if you want all you have to do to get on our discord is private message us over on our horror squad podcast pages which you can find over on facebook instagram or twitter we are uh everywhere all you do is just search Horror squad podcast and Something I haven't mentioned in quite a long time. We have merch, folks. So if you want to get some merch, we do sell T-shirts and sweaters, hoodies, stickers, magnets, pretty much everything. Um, so all you have to do is go to uh, tpublic.com and search the Har Squad podcast and you will find us over on there. Hey, you know what else we have? A YouTube channel. That- yeah. we do have- oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that that
2: that's I, 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 yeah. I slave that's over every single week. <laughs> and no one ever goes to look at it that's i'm like right. basically doing it for my own like it's like ocd, my OCD. Own, that's all it is i'm doing it literally yeah. for ocd just because i hate missing an episode so every single episode since we started i think at 175 <laughs> i've posted there with uh you're insane some pictures and uh like our what watch i put the poster on it and stuff like that
0: so yeah make sure to put a cute picture of me this week yeah, I'll make sure go. to do that. <laughs>
1: there you go. So if you want to listen to our podcast that way, you can also check out our YouTube channel. Just search the Horror Squad podcast, podcast over on YouTube. Uh, we've talked about doing video, like other types of videos on there. That's something we'll maybe end up doing at some point. You know, it takes us, to, you know, we always talk about doing things and then eventually we get to it. So that's I another gonna project. project. I mean, maybe I'm going to film
2: our uh, our next event. Well, the thing that we're you and I are doing in May and po- okay, po- yeah. post it on cool. there. You know, it's stuff like that. Yeah, Bring back sweet, Joe's
1: yeah. mom. Bring back oh, yeah. Joe's mom. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. have to. Do you still do, do you get Bam Har Steve? You should do unboxings. Uh, I, I do, like that, I, I do know, get and Bam yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I don't know. Like, it's just, there's not much to unbox, you know. it's uh, Right. Very yeah. quick. Uh, I want to do like uh, tours of my collections and stuff. So there you go. Something. I'll find something. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do something yeah. eventually. It's just, I added two shows now and it's just, that's like right. hours not of a time.
1: I get it. I get it. Um but yeah so go follow uh, our YouTube channel as well, social media's, everything, you know the drill, merch, we got it all. Show us support and we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. count, because I really love to count. Sometimes
0: I sit and count all day, (laughs) but uh, sometimes I get carried away. I count slowly, 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 getting faster. Once I start in counting, it's very hard to stop.